I'm Rachel Livenall. This season, we've been diving into other cities all around the state of California, hearing young people's stories on all topics concerning the pandemic and youth. Today, we travel back to the Bay, as reporter Andrea speaks about an important problem many people don't usually think of when they think of the pandemic, secondhand smoking and vaping. You're listening to COVID-18, a podcast that explores young people's experiences during the pandemic. In September, the FDA called teen vaping an epidemic. This morning, we are looking at why it is Smoking so- and vaping has long been an issue in our country. Within the Bay Area, secondhand smoke in multi-unit homes is on the rise. Monica Blue is a member of the Tobacco Education Coalition. Talama for Tongans, a nonprofit that serves Tongans and Pacific Islander community. Secondhand smoke is a is basically like the smoke that's exhaled out of the person that's smoking a cigarette. Even though you're not a smoker, right? If you're around somebody that is smoking cigarettes, say for instance, if you're in a multi-unit housing area or even just near them, right? You're still in, you're still inhaling that. That's through inhalation. You're still being affected by it. You know, I think it's always funny when people are like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I'm smoking. I'll go and walk away. I'll move like a couple of feet away. That's not going to do anything because I can still smell it. Like I'm still, I'm still inhaling it. And so that's why MUH policies are somewhat important for those that live in apartment buildings and these type of areas because generate, I don't remember how much, how many feet away you have to be, but it has to be a long, it has to be very far. Although smoking and vaping is prevalent in almost all cultures, Monica describes the history of one group in particular. We are 0.4% globally, and we are 0.1% uh, within the U.S. So we are fairly small. Um, cigarettes is, you know, obviously a lot easier to get out here. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of disparities amongst us when it comes to chronic health uh, diseases. Um, a lot of us uh, are kind of like in a in a, a, a kind of um, trying to figure out why so many of us are, are dying from chronic related diseases. And it's based on the fact that we're out here and we're not fully understanding um, that, you know, there's a lot of processed products out there that we ingest, a lot of alcohol and drugs that we do. Many times we may make presumptions of why a person smokes. Monica breaks down the impact of colonization still has today on culture, beliefs, and habits. It's kind of a a taboo for us because, you know, um, a lot of us are, you know, during the time of colonization, a lot of us became uh, devout Christians of all types, Catholic, Methodist, um, you know, Pentecostal, you name it. So a lot of us go, you know, live life not fearing death, you know, so there are um, high rates of, of uh, people dying at younger ages, but 
the reason why it's not such a conflict in our community is based on the fact that we, um, you know, we live life. And when we die, we believe that that's, that's what's supposed to happen because that's God's will. And so, um, a lot of us, uh, are having these things happen in our, in our families, but are, aren't really executing or getting educated. Anaya Majors attends Grambling State University in Louisiana, is a part of the Bay Area Health Advisory Council, and is an ambassador of the Truth Initiative, originally from East Palo Alto. To speak on the youth perspective, Anaya shares how e-cigarettes are appealing and the fast track to dependency for many youth. Because I myself used to vape when I was in fifth grade, but it just wasn't really that appealing to me. Like, once my vape pen was gone, like, I didn't really see the, I didn't really feel like I needed another one. Most people aren't like that. Most people, they feel like once it's gone, they need more. So I could understand and I could relate to kids that are dealing with this type of addiction. Because, you know, we all are addicts for something in our life. Some of us love candy too much. Some of us love writing so much. Some of us are addicted to plenty of things. But being able to turn a bad habit into something good is harder than people make it out to be. It's harder, especially when it's a drug substance, it's harder and it takes a long time for an actual individual, a human being to really realize when it's really affecting them. The tobacco industry often markets their product to represent candy flavorings and wraps. Monica explains what happens with many kids when they walk into their corner store. Just like they target all, all the other communities. I mean, if you go into a store, right? Um, and this is, I'll speak on this for the youth. If you go into stores, liquor stores, you'll see a lot of the wrappers, um, like blunt wrappers or cigars and stuff. Um, hell, I mean, even vapes now, there's, they look like candy. They have bright colors, they look like candy. Um, a lot of the shop owners, and I'll be I'll be frank, frankly honest. A lot of my a lot of the youth in my community look older. They look older. They're a lot bigger. We're bigger people, so they'll go in and they'll get cigarettes. And these people will not know that that the person they sold the cigarettes to or or the vape to is like thirteen, based on the fact that they're like six feet already. As we heard, the physical attributes that makes it accessible to youth, but. How about the state of their mental health? Anaya demonstrates the ties it has with smoking behaviors. Psychology and mental health are very big within smoking because it's a habit. So if you can learn how to kick that habit by doing something different, you're changing the psychology of yourself. And I feel like mental health in minority communities is not talked about enough. I feel like they don't highlight anything. They, t- especially in the black community, and a lot of I know I've known in like a few Latino communities where you go to a therapist, you're crazy. People think you're weird and that you're crazy. And no, you're not. I don't believe you are. A lot of people do not, you're not crazy. But I would love to have therapists that look my color, that look your color, that look like you, that look like me, that understand what it feels like to have certain pressures on you. People smoke for stress, anxiety, depression, coping mechanisms. That's one of the main reasons why people and teens, like adults and teens 
go into vaping because they're stressing and this is really how they release their stress. They're trying to cope with certain things and this is how they do it. With all of these problems, Anaya tries her best to communicate boundaries of what she feels comfortable to live in by telling her friends that their smoke impacts her health. You tell someone around you, oh, I don't like this. You can only say it so many times. So after a while, it's either you're my friend and you want to be around me or you want to smoke and not be around me. You can't have it both ways. So over time, that's what happened. Some stayed, some didn't. I kept a lot of friends. You know, they still smoke, but they, you know, they rather be around me more than vaping. So then that, that like went on to other people. I think that's how promoting change in a healthy way can impact more than just forcing someone to do something. With shelter in place, Monica and I face challenges of organizing smoke-free environments. Anaya shares how she turned towards social media to reach her community. For me, it was it was really important that when Shanice had first brought this program to the BSU, because at the time I was president, I was president for two years, my junior and senior year. And at the time, I was like, this is something that we should really get involved with because we could change a whole lot within the school. You have people in shelter in place and a lot of students now don't want to go back to school. They don't want to go back to school because they feel like they can't do what they've been doing at home for so long, which was using vague, having all the free time in the world, not really, not really having the restrictions as you would have at school. And nicotine just is a bad habit. As soon as you start, it's hard to get off. East Palo Alto, where we have the ban on menthols. And now the FDA is working towards the same thing as well. That's what I'm doing at Graham. So I'm using social media. So I'm using Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, my main three social media sites where I'm going to be talking about my different, like different views. Persistence is key when it comes to tobacco prevention work to understand the root causes of why teens are choosing to pick up the vape or e-cigarettes. Children that like sugar or they're used to get having a, a popsicle every every day, right? And the minute you try to take the popsicle away because you know that, that's, that it's too much sugar for that child, they become irate. So talking to people that are smokers, it makes them irritated because they essentially feel like you don't understand what they're going through because that's their outlet. I think the best thing that communities and members can do that are part of nonprofits or the, you know people that are in the type of the work that we're doing, the best thing that we can do is just keep doing it. As we share space and community with one another, how often do we listen to understand? Yeah, we're, we're part of this struggle too. Like it's, it's a struggle for all of us. You know, I mean, I'm a firm believer that race is political, um, but I guess looking at it from a public health standpoint, we are all in the same struggle. To follow our campaign of smoke-free multi-unit housing in San Mateo County, be sure to follow us on Facebook at the Tobacco Education Coalition to learn more about the harms of drifting smoke in your homes and what you could do. Next week, we close out the season. 
Merced takes the stage to touch on something frequent in many youth's lives, but different during this last year. What position has dating taken for young people? This is a production of Youth Leadership Institute. I'm your host, Rachel Livinoff.